discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatim as Christ is magnified in you. Okay, so we go to the number three. The revealing ministry of the Holy Spirit. The revealing ministry of the Holy Spirit. So we have the coaching ministry. We have the prophetic ministry. Then there is the revealing ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 16 verse 4. And there's a John 16 verse 14, sorry. John 16 verse 14. There's a distinction between the prophetic ministry of the Holy Spirit and the revealing ministry of the Holy Spirit. They are similar. But the prophetic ministry speaks of the future. You know, in verse 13, Jesus said, He will show you of things to come. That's the future. But this one, He said, He shall glorify me, for He shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. That's the present. That's the present. That's the present. That's the present. The prophetic ministry of the Holy Ghost deals with is futuristic. It's directive and predictive. But this one is a present tense reality. It's now. So he shall show it to you, present. Now the primary task of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus to you. That's the primary, primary task of the Holy Ghost. is to reveal Jesus to you, primarily. 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 That is why Apostle Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus that they will receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of their understanding being enlightened that they may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance they sing. And if there's a prayer to pray in the Bible, this is recorded by the Holy Ghost for us to pray. And Paul prayed this prayer always for the church. So the Holy Ghost primarily in his revealing ministry is to reveal Jesus to you for you to know him. Now Paul prayed that let's go to verse 17. Yeah. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Now, now I want to read King James in the knowledge of him. Literally that we may receive this, the spirit of, a spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him. Now King James says in the knowledge of him but literally to know him. The spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him. So it's about him. It's about a person. It's about Jesus. It's to know him. Then he said, the eyes of our understanding, verse 18, being enlightened. Enlightened. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened. Now the word enlightened here is the Greek word photo. Photo. I mean photo. P-H-O-T-O. That's a Greek word. Now, this word speaks of what is called the Fortizo effect. Now, how many of you know the Fortizo effect? Yeah, the Fortizo effect. Yeah. When I'm taking a picture, like the camera, like, yeah. remember the, the sensitive light films in cameras? Yeah. Through the emission of light, 
powerful light. The light is able to capture the image and impress the image on those sensitive light films. It's, it's powerful. <laughs> what Paul is praying is that concerning Jesus and his plan. Now, now he prayed for three things. That we will know his person, his plan, and his power. His person, his plan, and his power. The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him or to know him. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the sin. That's his, that is his plan. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe? That is his power. So the revelation gives us access into understanding who the person of Jesus is, who, what his plan is, and what his power is. So it begins with knowing him, his person, knowing Jesus, his person. But he spoke of fortizo effect. Let me show you what it means. Photo, 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 photo. Now, how many of you have gone to the Buckingham Palace before? Now, assuming Pastor T has been there, assuming he comes to tell me that, oh, Charlie, Buckingham and describes it for me. And you walk here and you turn left. And when you go straight, you meet this and you turn right. Now, he describes and describes and describes to me. I'm telling you, after three days, I may forget everything he has said. True or false? But when you go there yourself and see the place, can you forget what you have seen? What you have seen, you don't forget. So he prayed that we may see him. In what scene? Revelation. Not just information passed on by a preacher to you about Jesus. You may forget. But when you have seen him yourself, the way images are impressed upon sensitive light fields, light films, the revelation of Jesus will just be impressed into your spirit. Your spirit man becomes like the sensitive films by means of light. The images is just in you know and know and know and know and know. So primarily, that is the revealing ministry of the Holy Ghost. For us to know Jesus, you know him as never before. And this, you have to pray this prayer every day. If you want to know him, this prayer is very powerful. Hagen said he prayed this prayer more than 10,000 times. And as he was praying, one day he prayed, he lifted up his eyes, Jesus was standing before him. He said, I've come to answer this prayer. And, and the scriptures began to be open to him. He went to his, his elders and said, why didn't you, why didn't you tell me? I've never been teaching the right thing to you. You should have taught, you should have told me I've been teaching the wrong stuff. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. So primarily the Holy Ghost will cause us to know Jesus. Praise God. That is first. Then secondly, he will show you your wealth in Christ. Your, what is yours in Christ? Your wealth. The riches of redemption. What he gave us in redemption. Now let's go Back to first, uh, 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 John 14, verse 16, and see something there. John 14, 16. John, sorry, 16, verse 14. John 16, verse 14. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. Now let's start from verse 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. Verse 14. 
He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. The next verse. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore said I, he shall take of mine, and shall show it unto you. Now this is the revealing ministry of the Holy Spirit. You know what he does? The Holy Spirit is the revealer, the interpreter, and the administrator of the total wealth of the Godhead. The total wealth of the Godhead. Listen, all that the Father has belongs to the Son. All that the Father has belongs to the Son. Why? Because Jesus is the heir of God. Jesus is the heir of all things. He's the heir of God. He's inheriting everything Papa God has. He's the heir of God. So he says, all that the Father has said is mine because he's the heir. But Jesus says, the Holy Ghost will take what is his and shall show it unto you. Why? Because we are joint heirs with him. If children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. So what belongs to the Father and the Son belongs to us. So the Holy Ghost now, he interprets, he reveals, and he administrates the total wealth of the Godhead. He shows them to us that we may see and possess it. As it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither has it entered the heart of men, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Verse 10 says, But God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. He has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. Why? Because the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. We have not received the Spirit that is of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we may know the things that have been freely, freely given to us of God, which things also we speak. Not with the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but with the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So the Holy Spirit reveals what a natural human ear cannot hear, what the heart cannot perceive, what the eyes cannot see. It is beyond their scope and their realm. But he explores the death of God and brings those realities to us and he reveals them to us. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost. So you begin to know what is yours because what is Christ is yours. Can you imagine? And the way the Holy Ghost can reveal, I, I, I heard a story not long. There is this woman who gave birth in a hospital. And the whole hospital was full. So there was no place to actually put the baby. Just gave birth. Then she stood and said, the Holy Ghost just gave her a kind of illumination. Then she said, Jesus, when you were born, there was no room in the inn. There was no room for you so that I might have room for my child. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, so Jesus, you took my place. There was no room for you in the inn, so that I might have room in the inn. In Jesus' name, I call it done. Just when he just declared that, someone came and said, oh, please, we now have a place for you. <laughs> I'm telling you, all these are, are yours, are ours. For instance, Lover and friend, thou hast put far from me. Psalm 88 verse 18. On the cross, lover and friend were put far from him so that you might get lovers and friends. Loved ones and friends. So much is given to us by the Holy Ghost who gives us light. Unto me, whom I'm less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I might preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches. Of Christ. Ephesians 3.8 Now the word unsearchable, anexic neastos, 
You know what it means? Unfathomable. Unfathomable riches of Christ. It's unfathomable. Now, you know where we get that word from? Unfathomable. Now, do you remember when Apostle Paul was in a ship to Rome? They reached a certain place. They had to cast fathoms. Now, sea ferries normally embark on sea mission. When they are somewhere in the sea and they want to see the depth of the, of the water body they are on, they want to see how deep, the, the, where they are, how deep the sea is. What they do is that they cast what is called fathoms. Now, they emit sound into the sea and calculate the, number of t- the amount of time it takes for the sound to hit the bottom of the sea and to rebound. So they measure the echo and how it, the sound rebound when it hits the ground. So the measure of time is what is called nautical unit. But when they emit the sound into the water body and they wait and wait and the sound never hits the ground to rebound, it means that portion of the sea is fathomless. It is so deep they cannot find where it reaches or where it ends. They cannot find its bottom. So it is bottomless, it is fathomless. That is the word for unsearchable riches of Christ. The word is fathomless. So brethren, no human mind can explore this boundless, measureless, this vast array of divine riches that is given to us at our disposal. It is too deep. It takes the Holy Ghost. This is amplified. Okay, let's see the amplified version. To me, though I am the very least of all saints, God's consecrated people, this grace, favor, privilege was granted and graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, boundless, fathomless, incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ, wealth which no human being could have searched out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgment and his ways are past finding out. Romans 11.33 Oh, the death of the riches. Now he began to show you all these things and life will be worth living. Hallelujah. That's the revealing ministry of the Holy Ghost. Remember Jesus says that when he is come, the spirit of truth, he will guide you. He will guide you into all truth. Remember? He will guide you into all truth. And the word guide actually is a word for a tour guide. Someone who leads you in an excursion. Or an official guide. For instance, when you travel, but do you remember when you, get, you went to Dubai? You have planned to visit maybe about five or six places. Then the tour guide will tell you that, Charlie, the package is more than 70. And they are official guide. They are dedicated. They are well informed. So they, they know everywhere. So without a guide, how can that's someone's country? How can you know all these places? So the Holy Ghost is a tour guide. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Knows everything and he takes you on an excursion to show you the depth of the wealth of your riches in Christ. Hallelujah. So whenever you open the scriptures, call the Holy Spirit to guide you to explore all these realities in Jesus' name. Amen. The next is the glorifying ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 14. The glorifying ministry of the Holy Spirit. 
He said, He shall glorify me. He shall glorify me. He shall glorify me. Now the Holy Ghost glorifies Jesus. The word is doxazo. Doxazo. Now the word doxa or doxazo actually means to praise, to give adulation, to praise, to honor, to honor, to praise, to give adulation. It also means to worship. The Holy Spirit doesn't point to himself. He's always pointing to Jesus. It's amazing. He's always pointing to Jesus. He glorifies Jesus. An ancient preacher said that the Holy Spirit is the best preacher you can ever find. Why? Because he never points, he never craves attention to himself. He's always pointing to Jesus. To Jesus. To Jesus. Now, do you remember in Genesis 24, when Abraham sent his servant to look for a bride for his son Isaac? It's amazing. The name of his servant was Eliezer. Eliezer means help or helper, which equals the Holy Ghost being our paracletos, being our helper. But in that entire chapter, the name of the Holy Ghost is not mentioned. Though the name of the servant is not mentioned in Genesis 24. Why? Because the ministry of the Holy Ghost doesn't call attention to himself. So his name is kept silent. The Holy Ghost is always silent. Always pointing to Jesus. To Jesus. To Jesus. And that's what we must do. That's why when you are filled with the Holy Ghost, now understand that the Holy Ghost is an invisible, immaterial spirit. So he glorifies Jesus by a material medium because he lives in us. On the day of Pentecost, he mystically incarnated the church. Now, he lives in us. The Holy Ghost is not a, a wind that blows occasionally. He's not a Pentecostal bird that comes once a while to give us experiences. The Holy Ghost is a person, and he now has a body. He lives in the church. That is his body. So when he is glorifying Jesus, he glorifies him through this material medium. That's what he does. That is why when you are filled with the Holy Ghost... You're always glorifying Jesus. Now, a man who is full of the Holy Ghost hardly points to himself. Not what I've done, who I am, what I've done. It's not about you again. Now, when you are not filled, normally you crave attention. But once you are filled, something changes. It's all about him, 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 him. So the best way to be to, to the Holy Ghost glorify Jesus through you, especially when you are filled with him, you begin to glorify him. It's all about him. It's all about him. It's so simple. Whilst others are craving attention, craving so many things for themselves, you just smile. You know you are not the center of attention. If you have seen his glory, you will see that you are too small to crave attention. You are too small. If you have stood in his glory, you know it's not about, it's, it's not about you at all. But if you have not seen his glory, now when you have seen his glory, a lot of things that are done fit in your eyes. Faith in your eyes. But when you have seen his glory, you know you are God's Enoch. Now you, you are his Enoch. And Enoch is supposed to prepare the bride, not to rape the bride. He doesn't have the ability to rape the bride. He just have to... <laughs> or direct the attention of the bride to the king. You are just... So pastors, you are God's spiritual Enoch. You don't crave 
lustful desires for the bride. You just decorate a bride for the king. That's our work. That's our work. Listen, the best way to worship is by the Holy Ghost. Now, sometimes you, now you cannot worship. If you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, even worship becomes difficult. You need to be inspired by the Holy Ghost to even worship. So sometimes when you're worshiping, Holy Spirit, please, I open myself to your glorified ministry. Glorify Jesus by me. And you see, somewhere, somehow, your worship now begins to ascend. It becomes glorious. Praise God. May you open yourself to the prophetic ministry of the Holy Ghost. And to the revealing ministry of the Holy Ghost. And to the glorifying ministry of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, the reminding ministry of the Holy Spirit. The reminding ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 14, 26. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Now, I want all of us to be able to allow this ministry of the Holy Ghost to manifest in our lives. Very essential. Jesus says that. <laughs> Another time he said, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. But when the... <laughs> now listen, he says the Holy Ghost will bring into your remembrance all things whatsoever I have taught you. Now listen, when Jesus walked the earth, he spoke too many words, millions of words. In fact, Jesus was always speaking. Now he was always speaking. And I remember, how did the apostles write the Gospels? How did they write the Gospels? Remember that when they were with Jesus, Peter wasn't having a book following Jesus. Taking notes, whatever Jesus says, then he'll write. <laughs> From Galilee to, Galilee to Jerusalem. In those days, they were not having pens like this. So Peter wasn't taking note of whatever Jesus was saying. Thomas wasn't taking note of whatever Jesus was saying. And he spoke millions of words. Now, when was the gospel written? It wasn't written immediately after Jesus died and resurrected. No. It was many years after. We're talking about 30 years. Now, how can you... Now, just think about it. 30 years after you walked with Jesus, remember every detail of what he said. Meanwhile, you are not recording what he was saying. You are not writing it. How possible? <laughs> How possible was it? Absolute miracle. It's a reminding ministry of the Holy Ghost. So now the Holy Ghost began to remind them. Of every little thing Jesus said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now let me show you something in John chapter 12. 13 to 16. John 12, 13 to 16. And so they took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is he, blessed is the, is, is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. So Jesus is now quoting from Zechariah 9 verse 9. 
Behold, a king coming, sitting on an ass colt. Now look at the next verse. So Jesus now quoted from Zechariah 9 verse 9. Remember, this is the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. Praise God. Look at this verse. These things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him. Now, are you following? But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him. That they had done these things unto him. So can you imagine? So when it was happening, they didn't even know it was in the Bible. But years after, when Jesus was glorified, what happened? What changed at the glorification of Jesus? Remember that at the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood and said, if any man test, as the, spirit, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living waters. This spake he of the spirit, which they that believe on him shall receive. For the spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Why? At the glorification, the Holy Ghost was given. So the Bible says that they remembered nothing until Jesus was glorified. Why? Because when Jesus was glorified, the Holy Ghost was given. So when the Holy Ghost was given, his reminding ministry was activated. Then they began to appropriate all things. Ah, so what happened? Oh, so that was what Zechariah the prophet prophesied. Can you imagine? That's a reminding ministry of the Holy Spirit. Let me show you how you can apply it in your life. Now It's amazing that, now listen, when you go to nations that there are nations years past, especially during the, commun- the height of communism. When it, China, I mean China, hundred pastors used one Bible in China, and the Bible was written with pen on sheets of papers. You know how they were distribu- distributing it. When I'm meeting in the washroom, I give First Corinthians chapter three because it's in my pocket as a paper. Then you give me Matthew chapter four. So they were all in chapters. So 100, 100 pastors were using one Bible written on papers. But the majority had no Bible. China, Russia. But it's amazing that when you go to these countries and you meet the believers, they can quote passages. They can quote scriptures. They can quote the Bible more than those who were in free countries. Not that they had hidden Bibles. They didn't have the Bible with them. Sometimes they get a Bible once a month. Sometimes once in six months. But they could remember details. Now this is a proven account. How come they could remember? The reminding ministry of the Holy Spirit. If you go into history, there was a people we called them the Wildensians. The Wildensians, these were guys who were persecuted. The leader was Peter Waldo. I mean, they could burn, they could burn 400 of them at a goal. Because one Bible has sneaked among them. One time they killed 150 pregnant women and bent them because one Bible had sneaked among them. Can you imagine? And among them, you will see a 10-year-old boy and he can recite Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Word for word, including commerce. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Bible was not with them. We call it the reminding ministry of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Smith Wigglesworth was so filled though. Now Wigglesworth was, oh Mark Dak Shekabakase. He was filled with the Holy Ghost so much that now Wigglesworth quote, quotes everything in the, in the New Testament, including he wasn't educated, including footstops and commerce and exclamation marks. 
from Matthew to Revelation, word for word. He could quote everything, including full stops. But he wasn't educated. It is his wife who taught him how to read. <laughs> and let me show you how this reminding ministry can operate. Sometimes. Now, in, in, is it in England, somewhere in Europe, there was a fight. There was a civil war, a kind of war. And people were shooting all over. And they targeted the territory and people were shooting. One woman was running. She was a, kind of a convert. And she, she knew she was going to, it's almost, everyone knew she was going to die. But she, all of a sudden, the Holy Ghost, now the word remembrance, he will bring into remembrance is the word hyper memnesco, which means to awaken the memory. Now, to awaken the memory. Now, the Holy Ghost now uses our brain and our mind. He awakens it so that a scripture that something you can't remember all of a sudden comes to light. Praise God. So this lady began to shout, Fedes, Fedes, Fedes. Can't imagine. You know what she was trying to say? She's trying to quote Psalm 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of, his, of the Almighty. I'll serve the Lord, he's my heart, my refuge, and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Surely shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noise and pestilence. He shall, shall do what? Under his feathers, and his truth shall be. So the feathers there, he could not remember the entire verse. All that he could remember was feathers. So whilst there was a shooting, she, she kept saying feathers. He, he didn't quote, he shall cover thee. You cover me with your feathers. No, she couldn't remember anything. All that she could remember was feathers. Feathers. And everyone around her died except her. Because the Holy Ghost just awakened one word. Feathers, feathers. <laughs> it's amazing. It is another story also. They were come to kill the people. So they were all awake because they knew that their lives were gone. They, they knew they were just going to die. So there was one woman amongst them. She was just fast asleep. So they woke her up and said, Why are you sleeping? How can you sleep at such a time? Whilst our lives are in danger. The woman said, Ah, I just found out that he neither sleeps nor slumber. So if he's awake, the two of us cannot be awake. <laughs> He should do the washing and I'll be doing the sleeping. Now, if you open yourself to the reminding ministry of the Holy Spirit, you know what happens to you? It's very powerful. You have to say, Holy Spirit, I open myself to your ministry, your reminding ministry. And maybe you are in a car. You are in a trotro and the trotro uh, has provoked you to anger. You are about to, you are about to raise your, head, your hand or you are about to be provoked to, to your, I mean, to let loose your temper. All of a sudden, the Holy Ghost tests up a verse. Love is not easily provoked. <laughs> now, it happens. Ah, love is not easily provoked. Ah. And you come down. It's amazing. It happens. It happens. Listen, uh, when, when I'm married, we're just two in the house, so I just wanted to go and help my wife. So I was cleaning the plates. I was just washing the plates. Then I stopped and I asked myself, because see, where I lived in Cape Coast, if we're a man and you do that, they normally tell you that your wife is taking advantage of you. 
and they will insult you, the man. And it has it, it, it it been many years ago, but that thought was still hidden in some way. So whilst I was watching, I stopped, and I asked myself, is my wife taking advantage of me? <laughs> what a question. And I was asking, can you imagine? Meanwhile, I volunteered. She never told me to do anything. It's my wife. And all of a sudden, a scripture was awakened in me. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. That is death. Give. Oh, so I'm not even dying much. That is the reminding ministry of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> How about if you are watching your favorite sports? Pastor Michael, if you marry in Chelsea, well, only, only the Holy Ghost can take you from Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> Reverend Easto said he loves football so much that one day he was praying. Even when he's praying, he put the, the television on those days. Football match. One day his team scored and he forgot he was praying. No! <laughs> and you are watching something and your wife needs your attention. Now, naturally, <laughs> naturally you can say, no, 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 no. But the Holy Ghost can remind you quickly. A scripture comes to light, it's so powerful. Or sometimes you, you, you are tempted to say something that is not nice. Nice. Then when you are about to just speak, all of a sudden, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. <laughs> but, but the servant of the Lord must not strive. You are God's servant, you want to fight publicly. Then remember, but the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle to all men, apt to teach, and patient. It happens. That's a reminding ministry of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you are afraid. You are afraid of Corona. You are afraid of many things. You are just, you are just a walking fear. All of a sudden, you pause and the Holy Ghost tears up a verse. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Oh, perfect love casteth out fear. Fear has torment, and he that feareth is torment. So these scriptures are awakened by the Holy Ghost. And sometimes you are so discouraged, you are downcast, you are worried, you don't know what to do. You, you, you're just thinking. All of a sudden, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. That is it. One time, someone offended me some years ago. I was almost boiling. Ah! And a scripture was awakening. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I said, ah. Now, when nothing just jumped, nothing. I said, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> You must give yourself to the scriptures, to the word. And they are the raw materials the Holy Ghost will use to... Sometimes you want to react to a situation. All of a sudden, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. 
That is the reminding ministry of the Holy Listen, when the Holy Spirit reminds you, sometimes you are believing God for something and your faith is not alive. But when you are reminded by the Holy Ghost and the scripture is awakened, faith comes alive. Faith comes alive. In any adverse situation, faith comes alive. Come and begin to lift up your voice and say, Holy Ghost, I open myself to your reminding ministry. Thank you, Jesus. I open myself to your reminding ministry. Yeah. Now, sometimes something gets lost. Now, when something gets lost in the house, I said, Holy Spirit, where can I find it? You have no idea. Sometimes the Holy Ghost will pick it and put it somewhere you can see it. Sometimes I search hard and I remind I remember, oh, why didn't I ask the Holy Spirit? It happened to me three days ago. The moment I said it, pa, I just found it. I said, oh, it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. So it's very powerful. Okay, the convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit. So we've done, yeah, five, right? It's level two. We are doing seven. We can't do everything. We are doing seven. All right, so the fifth one is the convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit. The sixth one. Is a convicting ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 16, verse 8. John 16, verse 8. But when he is come, he will reprove. King James says reprove. And the word means to convict or to convince. To convict or to convince. So the convicting or the convincing ministry. He both, the same word has, oh, amplified is just correct. Because I'm talking about the convicting and the convincing ministry of the Holy Spirit. And I'll explain. This is perfect. When he comes, he will convict and convince the world. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, now listen, this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the world. This is the ministry of the Holy Spirit to the world. He convicts the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Normally we think that the Holy Ghost convicts us of sin. He doesn't do that. The Holy Spirit doesn't convict us of sin. Your own spirit convicts you of sin. Your human spirit, that is regenerated, convicts you of sin. Not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit doesn't convict the world of many sins. He convicts the world of one son. Unbelief. Unbelief. Now it's there. The next verse. He convicts the world of one son. Unbelief. Of sin, because they believe not in me. The greatest sin is unbelief. Unbelief is the greatest sin. Unbelief. Men are not coming to Jesus to be saved because of unbelief. He will convict. Now the word reprove or convict is a legal term. It means to cross-examine. It's a a term for cross-examination. Cross-examining someone in the witness stand. When a lawyer is cross-examining someone, the essence of the cross-examination is to bring the person to conviction so that the person can acknowledge that he really did the wrong thing, to accept and to be guilty. Yeah. So the Holy Ghost uses the word. The word of God is razor sharp. And it penetrates and pierces. And he uses the word to convict and to convince, to convict us, us of sin, to bring us to an utter end. Brethren, you need this ministry, especially when you go for evangelism. 
T.L. Osborne went to India and preached for seven years and he had no result. Either he won one soul or he didn't win a soul at all for seven good years. He came back, he was anointed, and he went. This time he went with the power of the Holy Ghost. So with the Holy Spirit power, you see his convicting ministry. He can convict people. Otherwise, you try and try, nothing happens. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift. He first enlightens you. Look at the ministry of Jonathan Edwards and John Wesley. When Jonathan Edwards was preaching, people would just jump and hold the pews and Wesley because they, they were afraid that when their feet touches the ground, they would sink into, they would sink into hell. So, <laughs> I like the way you open your mouth. <laughs> so they, they hold the pews because they were afraid the pillars to touch the ground. They thought they would sink into hell. That was a conviction. <laughs> so he convicts the sinner, cross-examines the sinner until the sinner acknowledges that I'm a sinner, I need a savior. Then he convinces the world. He convicts the, sin, the, the world of sin, but he convinces the world of righteousness and of judgment. Of righteousness because Jesus says, I go to the Father. Now, when a sinner comes to, is giving his life to Christ, the Holy Ghost convinces him that the righteousness he's going to receive is apart from his works. Now, a righteousness is, going to be, is about to be imputed to him apart from what he has done. The Holy Ghost also convinces the world that Satan is judged. Everybody knows Satan is judged. Satan is judged. Though he's walking around as if he's running things, we know his doom and we know the judgment that has passed over him. Hallelujah. All right. The testifying ministry of the Holy Spirit. The testifying, there's the seventh and the last. The testifying ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 25. The testifying ministry of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 24. John 15, 24. John 15, 26. Sorry. <laughs> A lot of mathematics and calculations are going through my head. But when the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of Truth, which proceeded from the Father. Oh. He shall testify of me. Hallelujah. Now, now the word testify is the same as the word witness. He shall witness of me. Is the word matus, the same word. The Holy Ghost testifies in three ways. All let me say, he witnesses in three ways. The Holy Spirit testifies in three ways, or he witnesses in three ways. Number one, he witnesses in us. Sorry, he, witness, he witnesses to us. That's the first one. Then he witnesses in us. That's the second one. Then he witnesses through us. That's the third one. The ministry of the Holy Spirit. He witnesses to us, witnesses in us, and witnesses through us. The witnessing of the testifying ministry of the Holy Spirit. Quickly, let's see the first one. How does the Holy Ghost witness to us? Now, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 15. So, the Holy Ghost is a witness. Hebrews 10, verse 15. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he had said before, let's go on, 
this is the covenant I will make with them after those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts and write, and in their minds will I write them, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now listen. Kobakata. Hallelujah. Now the word testify or witness is matus, which is first-hand testimony in a court of law. First-hand testimony in a court of law. Now when you go to the court and you are in the witness stand, the prosecuting attorney or the defense lawyer doesn't give room for guesses. He doesn't ask you, what do you feel about this situation? And he doesn't ask you, what do you think about it? He asks you different questions. Were you there? Did you see it? <laughs> Hallelujah. The Bible says the Holy Ghost was a witness. Listen. First-hand witness or testimony in the court of law. You know what the Holy Ghost did? When Jesus was on the cross, the Holy Ghost was a witness to what was happening. The Holy Ghost was there. When he saw all, the, all your sins, all the sins of men, come together and was laid on him. Now listen, the Bible says, the Lord God laid on him the iniquity of us all. The word laid on him means made to meet together. You know what God did? He made all our sons to meet together. All sons of all ages, of all races, past, present, and future, met together and was laid on Jesus. Listen, on that day, God remembered every sin. Every sin he remembered. And the due and exact payment was laid on Christ. And the Holy Ghost was witnessing that he was not dying for himself, but he was dying for you. And God remembered everything and punished everything to the minutest detail. So that Jesus exhausted all of God's wrath on that day. So the Bible says the Holy Ghost was in the, in the witness stand and said, Oh, I was there. I saw all your sins laid on Jesus. So because God remembered all your sins and punished it, he says then, right now, your sins and iniquities will I remember them again no more. <laughs> so today <laughs> today he can't remember your sins he can't God doesn't do it Jude, can God remember your sins judicially he will not because once upon a time he remembered and do, no death can be paid twice no crime can, can be punished twice for God to judge you is a misnomer you have already been judged in Christ because he didn't die for himself, he died for you. For God to judge you means he wasn't satisfied with the judgment on Christ. Hallelujah. Therefore, the Holy Ghost now is a witness that, oh, I was there. Your sins were taken away. But he's not a witness in us. He's a witness to us. That means when it comes to forgiveness of sins, you can never feel forgiven. Because he doesn't witness in us concerning our sins. You don't, you don't look inside of you to feel forgiven. You look to the cross to see that you are forgiven. So let me tell you something. If, if, if you are looking to feel forgiving, you wait forever. You wait forever. So you can never feel forgiving because he doesn't witness in us concerning our sins. He witnesses to us. It's outside of us in this matter. Praise God. So you only see the word of God to believe what he has said and you live by faith. Hallelujah. Let's see the next witness. Romans 8 verse 16. So all of it is testifying the work of Christ, what he has done. The spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 
Praise God. Where is the Holy Ghost? He is with our spirit. So he bears witness in us with our spirit. Remember that in 1 Corinthians 6, 17, he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Listen, not right now, now, your spirit and the Holy Ghost are one. The, the, they are in two spirits. It's amazing. The human spirit and the divine spirit are now one spirit. It is like pouring water in water and mixing it. Can you tell, tell the difference? When you pour water in water, you can't tell the difference. Now, that is what is happening between your spirit and the Holy Ghost. They are now not two spirits, but one spirit. Now, the Holy Ghost leads you on the inside. The Bible says the spirit of man is the candle, is the lamp of the Lord, searching the inward part of the belly. Proverbs 20 verse 27. If your spirit is the lamp of the Lord, that means that God leads you by your spirit. Your spirit is the lamp of the Lord. It's the candle of the Lord. So, direction and guidance comes from your spirit. And that's the inward witness. He witnesses in us. Now, how do you know? Now, how, how many of you are saved? How do you know? And I'm asking, when you got saved, did you see an angel despised from heaven with a public announcement? My son, today you are saved. Was there any public writing? No, but how come you know you are saved? The answer is, you know. Because you know and know and know and know and you know. It's within, is that not so? Because he's witnessing on the inside. So how can you tell whether you have to go to London to, to do your masters or not? Inside. How can you tell whether you should marry the nice guy who came to propose to you in a nice flying tie? How can you tell? It's on the inside. How can you tell whether you should make an investment in Ecobank or UBA? Or Mains Gold? <laughs> <laughs> it's on the inside. If it's of God, there is a velvet-like feeling. There's easiness on the inside. If it's not of God, there's an inward freeze. You feel heavy. Praise God. And the Spirit testifies through us. And this is in the way of evangelism. Evangelism, not just evangelism, but even your life. Now, the Spirit testifies through us in two ways. Your life becomes a testimony to the world and also evangelism. In Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be what? Witnesses. So when the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall be witnesses. Uh-huh. So this one, now the Bible is not saying you will do witnessing. He said you will become a witness. So it is you. In fact, in the Greek, it is not imperative. It is indicative. Imperative means it's a command. Go and witness. Indicative means it's a statement of fact. It has happened. So once you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you become a living witness. Wherever you go, wow. You are, you are a, a living mobile testimony of Jesus, wherever you go. <laughs> so you are not witnessing. You yourself, you are a witness. It's not imperative. It's not a command to go and witness. It's indicative. It's a statement of fact. It's happening once you are filled with the Holy Ghost. So what it does is that your life, when you are filled, is a testimony. But aside from that, we also have to preach the gospel everywhere. He testifies about Christ through us. The apostles were timid and full of fear when Jesus was arrested. And they were hiding themselves. But on the day of Pentecost, Mark Trabasokata, 
they wax bold that's what the holy ghost does he fills us with boldness to testify now let me give you my last verse scripture before i leave act 5 verse 42 i love this verse act 5 verse 42 and daily in the temple and in every house they cease not to teach and preach jesus christ can you imagine the, the, the previous verse let's see what it says verse 40 and to them <laughs> Maru, Mama, this this were the apostles the 12 apostles and to him they agreed and when they had called the apostles and beaten them they commanded that they should not speak in the name of jesus and let them go listen they beat them now when you read beat them you think they use cane 24 lashes. No. <laughs> now, in the Greek, the word beat here means to skin. Literally, it's not the ordinary word for beating. It's the word for skinning and flaying. To flee and to skin. I know what it means to skin. To skin and to flee. Literally, that's the word beating there. Not the ordinary word for beating. So, when they had called apostles, they skinned them. Or they flayed them. That means your skin layer is removed. So, you can just imagine. They stood before the council. You know the council? The Sanhedrin. That is the supreme official supreme court. 71 members Sanhedrin. The high priest himself being the judge. The, how do you call it? What's his name? He chairs it. So you are standing before the highest official court. The highest membered body. 71 members. And they, they actually sketched them. Their skin was removed. I don't know how it was. Hmm. If it was you, what will you do? back to sender lord look at me haven't served you faithfully is, is, is that how you are repaying me <laughs> but see the next verse see what happened verse 41 they departed from the presence of the council or the sanhedrin rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame in his name wow and daily in the temple now look wait now, this is a testifying ministry and daily in the temple how can you do that listen the temple was the the, the administration the administration of the high priest that's the headquarters that's the supreme court it was a temple it's as if that let's say look at us they call us to the supreme court and they beat us not to preach again and the next day we are there preaching can you imagine the next day and, and we are still preaching and we come again the following day and we are preaching there daily what does it mean it means we ourselves we are dead we don't care again what kind of ministry is this and listen daily in the temple and in every house they cease not now he's not talking about all the believers in jerusalem he's talking about the 12 the 12 preached in every house how many houses were there in Jerusalem? How many houses were in Jerusalem? Listen, they preached daily in the, in the temple and in every house. This is the 12 apostles. Wow. Apostle Paul could say, I have taught you publicly and from house to house. Hey, the way they did ministry is something else. Oh. <laughs> hey, look at all. Wow. The testifying ministry. When the anointing is on you, when you are full of zeal, there's no end to what you can do. I remember when I lived in the Luminous State Flats, those huge blocks, I called my friends and we evangelized every room. Room to room. 
except those who didn't receive us. <laughs> Obviously, there are some people, they will sack you. And some doors were locked. But what I'm trying to say is that if 12 could preach every house in Jerusalem, how many are we? That's what I'm trying to say. Daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not oh, to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So the subject was Jesus Christ. That is how the early church began. But it's going to end in a more, much better, more glorious way. Because the ministry of the Holy Ghost is going to have preeminence. They were bold. They could pray and the place was shaking. <laughs> Someone said, we, we pay and the, place, and the place is taken. They pray and the place is shaking. You understand? We pay and the place is taken. But they pray and the place is shaking. The whole place was shaking. Peter stood and preached. This same Peter who couldn't stand before a little girl and just warming himself in the fire. But he stood in the presence of the Sanhedrin and began to preach. <laughs> And began to preach boldly when he was filled with the wine of the Holy Ghost. And I pray that from now, the various ministries of the Holy Ghost will begin to have evidence and manifestation in our lives as never before. That from today, you begin to see the prophetic ministry of the Holy Ghost. That God will begin to give you advanced information. That no evil will be for your family without you first knowing it. If there is going to be death in your family, you know it. If there is going to be calamity in your family, you know it. If something is happening to a friend, a brother, a lover, you know it. Because of the prophetic ministry of the Holy Ghost. And we are activating the reminding ministry of the Holy Ghost. That your memory is activated and quickened and sharpened by the blessed Holy Ghost. That everywhere you are reminded. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.